This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, uh, I was I was with mom and dad this weekend, and they were just like, "Do you know he really he doesn't actually live off the coast of Connecticut?" <laughs> yeah, like, I thought yeah. about that a couple times too. <laughs> it's a, come on, come on, it's you no know, thing. I mean, we got we got to stick with it now. It's our thing yeah. now. Uh, but Steve, I am doing great. I just had breakfast for dinner, which is like a rare thing, but it just gives you such an appreciation for breakfast foods and I think about it, it's like when you have food out of context like that like maybe you have like a cold slice of pizza in in the morning for breakfast and then the the eggs and pancakes for dinner it completely changes your perspective on the meal and I am in such a good mood right now I'm feeling great I'm not kidding you I literally just had breakfast for dinner. <laughs> it was delicious and as always at the house of Sav we got Trent Fontanella Trent how you doing bud Steve, can you can you just give me that intro one more time? And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing? Oh, I am. I'm feeling all sorts of emotions right now, Steve. This will be the final podcast at the House of Sav. Oh no! I just I just wanted to hear you say it, you know, one more time because I'll never be able to hear those words again. Uh, move out days this weekend. I now move into, as my mom is calling it, the house of Megan. Um, oh, no. We're moving into to, uh, the, house of Meg. to the oh. new apartment with the woman. So uh, adios, house of Sab. You've been good. We've recorded a lot of good pods here. It's Trent. Uh, I miss Trent. Old Trent already. This is this is a sad day for the podcast because I mean, you know, Mike and I were both washed up and married, happily married. You know, Cece and Aaron, I know you're listening. Ha- happy, happily married. But you were kind of like the one shred of like the good old days, you know, mm-hmm. hanging on here, you know, still living with the in a track house, you know. So it's, you know, it's kind, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, uh, an end of an era for for the P2E boys. Yeah, let's not let's not throw on the M word. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't, like I didn't, I, but you're you're moving in with the lady. That's a big step. But I am. No, you're right. It's you kind of mentioned living at with the the track house, and, and it kind of is like that. You know, the boys come home and. We're all feeling lazy, but somebody's like, let's go for a run or, or somebody's being a hardo and wants to bang out some core. Uh, and it is kind of like living in the track house. So, you know, see you later to that. I'm, I'm, I'm now just going to be like with a, a ball and chain around my ankle. You know, <laughs> just I don't even know if I'll be allowed to record podcasts anymore. I hope I can still do this. Bad, bad day for the intro. First, we realized that I don't actually live off the coast of Connecticut, and Trent no longer lives in the House of Sab, so we're, our, our intro's hurting today. <laughs> I suppose if you keep saying, Mike, you know, somewhere off the coast of Connecticut, you can keep saying Trent at the House of Sab, <laughs> and I'll still like, bring back those memories. I'll just intro you as Trent at the House of Sad. Oh, oh no. Just no, kidding. No, no. Just kidding. That's a good just... way to piss the girlfriend off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well um so we just we just finalized our plans to head out to new york so when this drops it will be a little less than a week to the fifth avenue mile and uh the p2e boys are going to take on the big apple we're going to head out there 
We're gonna we're gonna watch some uh, some elite milers run the Fifth Avenue Mile, and we are also gonna jump in, try our hand at it, and and kind of go after you know not quite the elite mile, but some one of the sub elite heats. Yeah, it's gonna be a heck of a weekend. Me and Trent are gonna start the weekend at a at a wedding for one of our buddies. Then we're gonna make the trek all the way to New York. We're gonna we're gonna dominate the mile. We're gonna watch some elite runners, hang out with the boys, and then Sunday night. Patriots season opener, so it is going to be one heck of a weekend. I'm pumped. The uh, the trek to New York is going to be tough because, based on how like weddings have gone for our group, <laughs> the night before the wedding, and of course the night of the wedding, so Thursday and Friday night in the situation, usually there's not a lot of sleep. Um, sometimes there's you know police called, and it's just so whole like getting bent out of shape. So uh, Steve, we're going to really be relying on you to 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 lead the way and, and not get us lost. Well, I was a little surprised. So we had a text chain this week while we were signing up for the Fifth Avenue Mile. And, uh, well, you know, we kind of wanted to seat ourselves in a, a similar, you know, time, similar heat. And I was a little surprised and you guys were like, there's not a chance of running that time. I'm going a lot <laughs> slower. And I'm just realizing now it makes sense since you're, you'll be coming from a wedding. Listen, it's going to be, that's the peak 2 e way right there, though. Already all weekend, get it done. And then we're gonna show up, and we're gonna we're gonna make things happen on uh, on race day. What were the uh, what were the three categories you could sign up for? It was like you know beginner, uh, amateur, and competitive. Was that it, or fitness competitive? Do you guys remember? I, I, I can't say I do I, remember, I don't that. remember seeing that. <laughs> what were you signing up for? <laughs> I, I signed up for the right race, but I think you had to pick like whether you were a beginner runner, whether like middle or competitive. And I'm getting to the point now. I'm like, am I a competitive runner or am I like in that middle group? But I went yeah. competitive. I think we still count, right? I I would like to know what I put down for that because I could have gone a lot of different ways with that question. <laughs> I have no idea what I. I don't remember seeing that at all. I hope I put down beginner so I have a chance to win my heat. That's true. <laughs> Not a chance I'm winning the competitive heat. But well, I might that, win that was a pretty rough question for me because it's been. Uh, it's been a, quite some time since I've just like run a mile fast. Mm. And the last time I ran a mile, I was in much better shape than I am now. So when they asked me like my projected mile time, I was like, I had to really sit there and think about it. I was like, I really don't know. This could be anywhere from like, you know, a decent time to, you know, maybe maybe not so decent of a time. So it was a, a tough realization for me, I'd say. And the mile is one of those things. If you're not doing some speed work, if you're not doing some stuff to kind of get that turnover, you're not going to do well. Yeah, I mean, at our age, especially, too, and, like, if you're just, like, training and putting in miles, like, if you're doing, you know, longer distance training but not doing any speed work, you could be in great shape. But, I mean, I don't know. That 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 you really need some turnover. That's, that's going to be some fast stuff. <laughs> and let me be the first one to say here, I have not been doing my turnover <laughs> and my speed workouts. I have not been on the track in quite a I thought time. you said you were in mile training, Trentel. I am. I just haven't got to the track workouts so, yet. First so you, you, just, you just cut the miles, you <laughs> cut the miles, but then didn't add any speed work? <laughs> yeah, you got to get the right mileage. It's like you can't just show up off your ass and hop out of the couch and hop on the track and be repeat force. It's not going to work. I got to find exactly my right mileage. exactly like what I do. It's gonna it's gonna be an interesting mile for you on Fifth Avenue. Then, <laughs> well, we got we got a little little over uh, two weeks left until until race day. So, or no, less than two weeks. Yeah, we got like a week and we got like a week and a half. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we're in taper season. 
Oh man, I'm gonna get on the track and just start doing like strides, you know, ten by one hundred meter, just just strides, just not even on the track, on the field in the middle. That'll be my big workout. <laughs> so before we we dive into some of the bigger questions, I have one question: What are we wearing, boys? What are we gonna rock in this race? It's a good question. I think we're gonna have to throw some uh, some P two E shirts together. Yeah, I think so. We could we could always rock the classic uh, SAV singlet if we wanted to, but. Yeah, I think it would be great to get some P2E gear out on the course. We could do something similar that we did to uh, to, to Boston Marathon. That's yeah. true. We so, should definitely uh, do new shirts, though. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. One time through the wash and the uh, the old iron on the letters of the Pizza Early shirt just came right off. Me too. Yeah, I don't even think my shirt lasted the marathon, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so for people that don't know what we're talking about, what we did was uh, – you know, we wanted to make the Boston Marathon like our first real marketing push for the podcast. So what we did was we kind of printed up uh, business cards to kind of hand out along the route. And we wanted to have shirts made up for the race. And we didn't get around to getting shirts made up. So the night before, we had some purple T-shirts and we were doing iron-on letters peak too early. It actually ended up turning out great. Um, but I was so disappointed when I threw that thing in the wash and uh, pulled it out and the letters were just destroyed. Yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> so, but uh, another big thing for us heading out to the Fifth Avenue Mile is we got some friends of the program racing. We got, let's see, we got uh, Johnny Gregoric. He'll be there. We got Riley Masters. You bet. We got our guy Morgan McDonald that are all going to be out there on race day. Oh, yeah. Oh, gee. I, uh, it, it'll be interesting because... I'm I'm hoping to get the opportunity to maybe party it up with uh, some of our friends of the program. I've had some, uh, you know, great interviews with all of them. But like you said in the past, Steve, it's like a whole different animal when you, you know, you, you meet somebody in a completely different context. But we'll be out there cheering our boys on, obviously. There's a stacked elite field. Uh, I know Ed Cheserick is going to be there. So that's like a huge deal. Uh, and the field just from start to finish is stacked. I know the reigning champion is there, so yeah. But of course, we'll be we'll be rooting on our friends of the podcast. Yeah, I love uh, I love the whole like setup of these types of events, right? So you know, we run the Boston Marathon with the, the best marathoners in the world, but you don't actually get to see them because you're running it. Maybe you get a little mess with the start. Here, we get to go out there, you know, dick around, have our own fun, and see how fast that our our slow asses can run a mile. Then you get to go and like set up and watch all these elite people do their thing. It's it's going to be a fun weekend. It's really cool. Yeah, there's no other distance like I mean we were talking about it with Riley last week, but there's no other distance quite like it where you can you can anybody can sign up, go out there, feel a sense of accomplishment, but then also kind of circle back and watch other heats. I mean even a 5K you you wouldn't do that. You know, 5K, you know, they'd, they'd start the elites at the front and everybody in the back, and you never get to see, you know, the elites in your race really run. But in the mile, in a road mile, you will get to. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, what I'm really looking forward to is, you know, all the friends of the program we just listed off, all three of them, New England Patriots fans. And well, that's be, a great point. They, they are, I'm sorry, not I wouldn't let's say not say New England Patriots fans. Let's say you know Boston sports fans. Yeah, because we'll we'll get we'll get Morgan McDonald on the on the on the New England <laughs> Patriots bandwagon. But all Boston sports fans, New England sports fans. So I think we should you know we should get a little Patriots watch party going with the you know P two E crew. So he, here's a question for you guys of the friends of the program though the three of them. Power rank right now the the order that they're gonna finish in this mm. is like 
This is like picking your children. Like, yeah, this is yeah. Your child. Yeah, I don't know. God. I, I think. Know. I think I'm going to take. You know, Johnny and Riley are probably going to be. You know, one two, uh, and Morgan just because. He's not a mile specialist, right? He's out there, uh, uh, more of a 5K guy coming in. Um, give me give me Johnny 1, Riley 2, Morgan 3. I think Johnny's going to bounce back in a big way. Okay. All right. It's hard. It's hard because it's like, know, man. how can you pick Morgan 3rd in anything? Yeah. The guy just wins. All he does win. Especially with that turnover, man. He's got crazy turnover. I mean, so I think the only the only true miler out of the group is Johnny. Correct. So I think you have to say you have mm-hmm. to say Johnny because you know um, uh, Morgan and Riley are both they're they're both five they're both training for the five k. Um, so it's hard to say. I think you got to pick Johnny first. Um, I feel like I feel like Riley's been doing a lot of lot of road or a lot of you know elite mile races lately. I feel like he's racing a lot. Morgan hasn't. I don't feel like he's raced a ton. I think he had that one um, debut meet in. Uh, in the diamond league, but I don't think he's raced since then. Yeah. I, I mean, Riley is the reigning U S road mile champion. This is true. I, I think I might have to take him for the win. I know it's a little bit of recency bias, but I think I have to take him. And do we think we, I mean, are we in consensus that Ed Cheserick is probably the the favorite to win? I think, I think so. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any, and you're disputing that. I, I wouldn't argue that. I think if he shows up to a race, he pretty much automatically puts himself as the odds-on favorite to win, at least in America. Mm-hmm. How how hard are we going to party if one of those three guys takes him down, though? Oh, my God. It's going to be... <laughs> Trent's got to take a bus home that night, but he's going to be, like, puking on the bus ride home if one of those guys <laughs> wins. I've Listen. been avoiding I've been avoiding that topic because we talked about <laughs> our plans, but uh, for the listeners, I gotta I gotta be in Boston Monday morning, and so while the Pats are playing, I'll probably be on like a, a what is those those buses the Fung Wow buses? Oh no, you can at least uh, I'll be in a Greyhound somewhere. At least yeah, I'll be up to bus. a full bus. <laughs> oh man, the Fung Wow! I did one of those things once, <laughs> never again. And I was like, and I was you know I was I was like. I think I was like a sophomore in college. So I was like, oh, yeah. I was, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I, I was ready for some like grimy bus ride. Cause you know, you, you're cheap in college. You can deal with that. And even back then I was just like, never again. I'm never <laughs> doing this again. Those are an adventure. <laughs> that would be a long bus ride too, Trent. Oh, man. A long drunk bus ride. <laughs> right, we got to figure something out for you. We we'll work figure, on it. We'll work we got to figure but something out. Before we, before we work on that, I do want to give a, a quick shout out to the fifth Avenue mile um, because they have the best swag bag that I've gotten maybe ever. Did you guys see, you don't get like a dumb t-shirt, you get running shorts and I, I don't Ooh. know if they'll say fifth Avenue on it, but uh, I think every runner in the world can relate to this when you're like at the stage that we are. I've got way too many like t-shirts that I just don't need. I, I too many of them. So to get a pair of running shorts out of this, um, at least when I'm on that bus ride, you know, crying that I'm missing the Pats game or trying to like you know, constantly refresh my phone, I'll have a nice pair of running shorts to cry into. So that'll work out. Well, to your point there, Trent, I uh, I remember when we ran the Erie Marathon together. Yeah. We got uh, these cool socks, like cool oh, like yeah. running socks that said Erie Marathon on them. And it's the same thing. Yeah. Every race you ever run, you get 
some crappy race t-shirt. So when you can get something a little bit different, even like, all right, whatever, socks like aren't that big of a deal, but it just felt good to be like, oh, these, this is unique, and I wear them all the time. Those might be my favorite pair of socks. I love those socks. I, I don't know. So, <laughs> see, <laughs> I feel like shorts. I feel like shorts are like a, a pretty like personal thing. Like I have my favorite pair of running shorts that I rock, and I don't like to deviate from those. I just keep buying more of those, and I so I have a rule for myself. Because you can't, you're right, you can't keep all the race t-shirts. It's just, they, they clutter, it just, it, you know, you just can't have that many. So I allow myself to keep one every six months. And whichever one I think is the coolest over that six months, that's the one I keep, I get rid of the rest. So I would, I would kind of prefer, like, a really cool t-shirt. And not like your traditional, like, I'm even okay with, like, a comfortable, like, nice-fitting cotton shirt that looks cool. Like, that would be awesome. You know what I mean? I don't know. Shorts, I probably won't ever wear them. You can have my pair, Trent. I'm not uh, saying nice. that I dislike the the race t-shirt. I think <laughs> there's a place in the world for the race t-shirt, but every once in a while when you get something a little different to shake it up, it's a good feeling. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I'm, I'm down for different stuff. Like, you know, every every almost every race since like the 80s has done a, done a race t-shirt. So I'm down for something cool and different. I don't know if it's shorts. I don't think Steve, I'm even even your example though of the cotton T-shirt, that excites me because everybody has that dry fit, and theoretically the dry fit's more expensive. You know, it's it's nicer than a, a cotton T-shirt. But you get a cotton T-shirt, you're like, hey, nice, this is different. Well, mixed up a little bit. <laughs> and so what I do is I have I have like a Tupperware, like I have like a big like Rubbermaid box in my attic, and you know those couple shirts that I collect every year, the ones that I think are the coolest, I keep in that, and I dig them up and I pull them out like a couple years later, and I'll wear them to like races i don't know i think that's kind of like you know my thing when it comes to race t-shirts i like it i like it but anyways if you know uh morgan you know johnny riley if you guys if you guys have a day out there you can count on a couple a uh, couple rounds from the p2e boys if you if you if you, if you want to party with us and watch the watch the patriots definitely steve just to throw one more thing before we move topics i'm pretty sure that this race is televised it's a really cool race i saw some highlights um, from it last year it's like it's a very very cool race um so yeah i'm pretty sure it's on like nbc sports or maybe it's on the nbc gold thing or something like that but I, i'm pretty sure it's televised no, so. I, I think it is i think it's national television yeah i recommend uh, to listeners to to give it a watch i think this is a unique uh race in our sport yeah for sure so um we just saw that was it i guess it was yesterday the 2019 ncaa division one cross country coaches poll came out which ranks which which kind of does a, a good job of ranking the top cross-country teams going into this cross-country season and so what we decided is that the three of us we're gonna kind of pick a team to kind of get behind so i think as a podcast i think we're officially wisconsin badger fans so badgers baby yeah so i mean i think that's like our number one team you know this year like we you know we you know we had our our guy morgan was our first guest we you know we, we had a lot of fun talking with uh ollie so the badgers are our team but we want a little competition for yeah, amongst each other so we have our we have our, our podcast team so we kind of wanted to choose individual teams so we could kind of talk some trash See, before we jump into the picks here, can I just make a quick point on preseason polls? Go for it. I am such a sucker for preseason polls. In my mind (laughs) and in my brain, I know. Okay, listen, we've all been there. Every team has, like, the person coming off an injury 
who's like taking a huge leap that the preseason polls don't account for. The other end of that, you have someone who comes into preseason is all banged up coaches poll. You know, you might have the best runner in the country who's injured and the coaches poll doesn't account for that. Right. So it's like people get really caught up in preseason polls when honestly, there's a lot that's missing there and you can't really take them that much to heart. But I remember in college when those preseason polls came out and it's like you can go both ways with it. If you like your team is like ranked high, you can get that like fired up. Like, yeah, let's go. Like, we're finally getting recognized. We're ready to go. But then when your team is ranked lower than you think you should, you get that like chip on your shoulder and like it motivates <laughs> you. Even though these polls mean nothing, I love a good preseason poll. I'm all about them. And I can't wait because I'm pretty sure that these polls – I want to follow them like the uh, NCAA football polls because I'm pretty sure they come out like every week or every two weeks. I'm going to get fired up and like be anxiously <laughs> awaiting the polls coming out every every week. It's going to be awesome. So there's just my two cents on preseason polls. We can get into our picks now. No, I mean, I, I it helps build the anticipation. I mean, you, you, you're we're super excited for, you know, something like football, right? Like we're, we're paying attention to the polls, like all the preseason stuff. So. Um, the you know something like this just helps get everybody excited and and pumped up for for cross country season. Oh so, yeah, uh, who wants to kick us off? Who wants to pick their team, their their non their non Wisconsin team? <laughs> uh, I'll get started, boys. Right. So I uh, I diligently did my research and I have decided that uh, for the upcoming cross country season, I am officially a Portland Pilots fan. Now. Now, Portland jumped out to me because I don't know about you guys, but I love when a school was randomly wicked good at like one sport. Yeah. You've never heard of them for any other reason. Uh, I think Portland's maybe had a basketball team make the tournament like once in the last five years. But basically, I never like nobody knows what Portland is. So I love to see them rank number six going in. It's kind of similar to Northern Arizona, um, but Northern Arizona, you know, they're, they're the powerhouse now and everybody uh, is on them. So I need to get a little bit more dark horse going with Portland. Uh, I did a, a little bit of research. I Googled their coach's name and I found out that this guy has some absolutely heinous haircuts and crazy <laughs> bad looks. If uh, we should post on the Instagram a picture of Rob Connor, he's got he's got this like super bad balding hairline but he lets his hair grow a little further back, like this white hair. And he wears these like, uh, you know, just really uh, lame white Nike sunglasses. The Sounds guy like just a cross-country like coach to me, man. Yeah, he <laughs> just looks like the absolute man. So uh, I'm in on Portland because of their coach and because of the, the randomness of their team. Love, Love it. it. But, yeah, that's like that's like one of those, you know, random teams in the NCAA March Madness. It just pops and everybody gets behind them. And it's a school that nobody would ever know. But they just, you know, you know, everybody, the entire country's following them for those two weeks. And then like 10 years later, they're just like, hey, remember when that random team made a made a run into, you know, the Sweet 16 or Elite mm-hmm. Eight? All right. So I I'm going to choose to run with the Buffaloes. I see a return to glory for for the Colorado Buffaloes this year, you know, led by by, you know, legendary course, uh, legendary coach Mark Wetmore. They're returning probably, you know, one of the top runners in the country this year in John Dressel who was, I believe he finished seventh last year at NCAAs, looking like he's going to be a contender for for an NCAA champion. And, uh, you know, maybe we might be able to get him on the pod in the not-too-distant future, but I'm, I'm, I'm running with the Buffaloes this fall. 
Yeah, so, and to your point, Steve, they're turning uh, John Dress, but also Joe Klecker, who's like, they finished, I think, seventh and eighth last year. So they have like the best one two punch in the country. It's ridiculous. Um, but now I'm going to stop talking nice things about them because your guys' picks just made me so happy because in the past, I have denounced the Pacific Northwest completely and utterly. And you both just went right out and picked with the Pacific Northwest. Is going Colorado? To Colorado's Pacific not Pacific Northwest. Northwest. Get out of here. Yeah, it's close me? enough. It's close enough. Colorado, Portland, Seattle, they're all the same. But listen to me. I uh, I, I needed a rivalry, and you guys just presented it for me. And I'm, I'm keeping with my narrative with Colorado being up there. Uh, I am going with the uh, preseason ranked fifth overall Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, so I did a little research on my guys here. They're returning uh, Edwin Kurgit, who is finished third last year. Uh, the one and two guys both graduated. So he is the, uh, you know, right now the odds on favorite to be the national champion. So they, they got the number one guy in the country right now. And they're returning four out of their top five. Plus, Boise State's uh, top guy, who was like an All-American last year, snagged him, transferred to Iowa State, and they got a guy who apparently was nasty a couple years ago, returning from injury. I think they got a lot of question marks, but if things fall right into place, I think uh, that fifth uh, fifth spot is you know, not giving them enough credit. Feeling good about my Cyclones, feeling good about Iowa State. Um, I feel so good that I'm willing to put uh, put a little money in that they finish higher than both of your teams. Done. That is yeah. done. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk figures off the air, but I'm can, I'm in 100. percent Considering that you think that Colorado's in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> uh, I, I would question everything that you said in your little preview there. So it's definitely yeah, in the of Northwest. course I would bet against you. Is it though? I don't even think it's in the Northwest. I think it's Northwest. Colorado's a map right now. Okay, okay. I just Googled this. All right, ready? It is definitely in the Northwest. Boulder to to Ames, Iowa is about like a 10 to 11 hour drive. Boulder to Portland, Oregon is a 19 hour drive. (laughs) It's twice as far. Colorado is is smack dab in the middle of the country. If anything, it's kind of on the southern part of the country. The southern half of the country, if anything. I don't know about this. Colorado's like way closer to Iowa than our two teams. Yeah. <laughs> or than my team. Listen, Mike, I don't know what the hell they're teaching you at Stonehill, but Colorado <laughs> is nowhere close to the Pacific Northwest. What geography is more of a high school class. That's probably a little high thing. <laughs> yeah, geographies. Right uh you know, right right after right after recess and before lunch. That's right. Um, All right, let's move on to the women. Who wants to kick off their their picks for the women? Actually, you know what? I'm going to kick it off. You guys okay with that? Yeah. You're probably going to pick some other garbage Pacific Northwest team. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You know what? I'm going to stick with Colorado. I'm going to stick with the Buffalo. I'm going to stick with the Buffaloes. They're returning two All-American athletes in Tabor Scholl and Sarah Herta. And not only that, they stole Rachel McCartha from Villanova and Emily Venters from Boise State. I'm running with the Buffaloes on both the men and the women's side. If you want to put money on the women's side, too, I'm down. 
I would be more than happy to. Uh, I am taking my girls from New Mexico. Uh, and the reason I'm taking them, they have like two of the top, probably the best one-two punch, definitely the best one-two punch in the country. Um, they have the, the NCAA runner-up last year. They have a girl who won it two years ago, all coming back, running together. Uh, you have that kind of star power up front. They're ranked right behind your Colorado, uh, your Colorado girls. But I, I feel Rank pretty good one, about. By the way, I feel pretty good about New Mexico upsetting them, and I will be happy to throw down a little cash on them as well. Well, uh, you're going to be losing your money to uh, to my squad. I'm, I'm going with the Wolverines of Michigan. They're the number four ranked team right now. Uh, two of their top three finishers at last year nationals were freshmen um so get ready for that sophomore leap or the, these girls just you know fly into the, the top uh you know the top top rankings the top finishes at nationals this year um this is a recency bias pick i was just in michigan had a great time for work so you know michigan jumped out to me i've also you know like every rivalry that you're not really super involved with you still have to pick a team so ohio state michigan was always kind of a Michigan man there, um, and, and so that kind of jumped out to me in picking Michigan. So uh, watch out. Michigan's going to have a big year. I love it. Picks are in. I mean, as as Tom Brady fans, you can't. there's no way you can pick Ohio State over Michigan. That's just, that's that's just a fact. Do you guys have that for, like, all the random rivalries out there, like Cubs-Cardinals? Do you have a, a rooting interest in those games? I feel like you have to pick a side. Yeah, I, I get your point. I, I always yeah. try to lean, lean one LSU. way a little bit. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd pick Cubs Cardinals as like a major rivalry where I need to pick a side. Those are like two the two most like vanilla teams out there <laughs> and the most vanilla sport. But yes, I agree. You know, LSU, Bama, I I, I you know, uh, Ohio State, uh, Michigan, of course. You got you got to pick a side. Hey, so can I let, let me pose a question to you guys here quickly before we move on from uh, the NCAA stuff. So now we have our teams. The teams are rooting for. But aside from that, so back on the men's side, uh, NAU is going for their fourth consecutive title here. And I was reading something that said, like, they just, with this preseason ranking, just broke the record for, like, most consecutive weeks uh, being atop the the coaches' poll there. Um, I think they've been number one since, like, early 2016 or something like that. At this point, are you guys rooting them, rooting for them to continue, like, you know, do we want to see a, a dynasty, like a crazy streak? Do we want to see them, like, pull it out to four, five, six, seven years? Or is it getting to the point where it's like, all right, every time a team gets up on top, like, you know, the Patriots, everybody hates the Patriots. Are we getting to the point where it's like we're sick of NAU and we just want to see them lose at this point? So, I mean, uh, how many how many national championships do they have over the past couple of years? They've won I think they only have three, but they've won three of the last three. They've won three. They won, they, years. So they've won the last three years. The last three years. Yep. I mean, that's always that's always the that's always the tough question. Whenever I'm kind of you know faced like yeah, I mean, I hate to keep bringing up the Patriots, but it's one of those things where it's like you know everybody hates the Patriots, and I'm always like, why can't you just appreciate greatness? So yeah. I think my first instinct is like. Hell no. I don't want to see a dynasty. You know, I want to see somebody knock them down. But then on the other hand, it's like, you know, it would be pretty cool to watch a team go, you know, four years in a, in a row. Yeah. And I think the record, I think there's two teams who've gone four years in a row 
Um, so that's like the most. So if they went five, that would be a, a record. That would be the most ever consecutive championships, which would be pretty cool. Very cool. But we all have our teams locked in and nobody chose NAU. So I think we got to really screw yeah. against them. That's a good point. So anyways, I'm super pumped for cross country. I mean, I think we, we've, we've talked a lot about track over the past six months. Um, and you know, that's just been kind of the nature and timing of when we started this podcast, but we started it in, you know, we started with the goal of kind of following college cross country and it's coming time for that. And we get to apply all the stuff we've done over, over track season to cross country. And I'm, I'm ready for it. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. So, um, with that moving on to something I would call a completely and totally different sport. Trent sent us an article about an ultra marathon earlier today that I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, see what you guys had to think. Trent, you want to talk a little bit about this, uh, this ultra that you sent us an NPR article on? <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, straight from Liz Fontenelle, Liz from New Hampshire. Thanks for, you know, keeping us updated on this story, but going on right now in Milwaukee is, a. Uh, a six-day ultra marathon where people just run as far as they can um, during the six-day period. So there's not like a finish line at any point. You have a certain amount of time, and you see how long you can run for. But here is the absolute insane part about it. That's not insane enough. Um, here's where it gets wild. They're doing this indoors, like in an indoor freaking track. Like. <laughs> it is absolutely mind-blowing to me that people are willing to spend six days and they're saying like the the favorite for this thinks they can run uh 600 miles <laughs> 600 miles on an indoor track in six days uh i'm speechless at that so trent uh, i might be speechless but I, i'm i'm speechless i think for the wrong reasons that they intended like okay we've talked about it before ultra running is a different sport. We don't understand it. We don't understand why we do it. We think it's crazy. We think it's stupid. You can make the argument to me, like I, I can kind of see where you're coming from, where it's like, you know, you're out in nature, you're on these amazing trails, the idea of traveling, you know, from one point to another over these crazy, insane distances, like, you know, that that's kind of the thrill of it. And so I can kind of get behind that idea, you know, not get behind it, but I understand it. Like, I understand why somebody might want to do it, even though I have no interest in doing whatsoever. As soon as you put this in indoors, it is insanity. And I think these people need to be locked up. <laughs> like, I mean, I, what, like what the I, I, so you're just going to go. So six days, you're going to go around an indoor track. Why? Why? And, and it's I mean, <laughs> the and I, the guy said the majority of the time he's going to be walking. So it's not like he's cruising around this track for six days. He's just he's just walking around a track for six days like a crazy person. If that's not if that's not pre-crime, I don't know what is. Yes. I like I think if, take out like the physical attributes of all of this and like everything that goes into it. I would not like three hours into this, I would be so bored. Then I'd just be like, all right, I got to I got to go do something else. I can't I can't handle this anymore. Like this is it it gets to the point where at some point you just start making these ridiculous challenges that have nothing to do with 
you know, the level of athlete you are. And again, I'm not saying that these people aren't great athletes. I know that so many of these ultra marathoners are great athletes, but it's like kind of like what you were saying last time, Trent, with the whole Nick Simmons ski boot thing. It's like, yeah, I could make up a record for just running backwards and doing cartwheels and all that stuff. It's like all of a sudden we just got to make these like ridiculous, crazy things that nobody in their right mind would want to do so that we can say that we're some kind of special niche, like elite athlete. And I just... There's, you could not pay me enough money to do that for six days straight. You l- actually could not pay me enough money. Well, yeah. it, it, I'm sorry, Trent. I just, I, I got to get this out. Think of to just, this is where humanity has evolved to. Like there, they like, this is where our, our species of human beings is at, where you have nothing else to do but walk around an indoor track for six days. Okay, running was part of our, you know, if you look at the, you know, the history of running, running helped us to evolve to, uh, you know, avoid predators, you know, chase down, chase down our food. Now we're in an indoor gym walking around a fucking track for six straight days. <laughs> what? I, I'm I'm getting fired up. I, I'm, I, this is crazy. No, I wish I could disagree. Listen, Every time we talk and ultra marathoning <laughs> makes its way into the conversation, I'm the, the advocate for it. I'm the supporter. I think it's pretty cool some of the things that these athletes are doing and some of the races that get put on. Uh, but this is not one of them. Mike, you were talking about, like, you know, what are we doing with these weird challenges and, like, the things we're creating? The, the running 100 meters in the ski boots is just stupid. They're running around, like, an indoor track and – Granted, the one guy in the article we read about, I think he was an older dude, so he's walking. I'm sure some of the better athletes are doing a, you know, the lightest of light jogs when they're when they're going around this track. But going around into a track for six days is stupid. Some ultra marathons are not stupid, like running across mountain ranges and, and going across deserts and stuff. That's like pretty amazing and impressive. Um, but this is just, yeah, well, this is so just insanity. I did a beer mile on Saturday. I was down in D.C. I did a beer mile and. Guess what? It's pretty friggin' stupid. The idea of chugging four beers and running a quarter mile after each beer to see how fast you can chug and run, that's dumb. It's stupid. It like there's it makes no sense. You know what I mean? But it's it's done in under 10 minutes. This guy, these guys are gonna waste a week of their life doing this. They're gonna a week of their life that they are never going to get back to walk yeah. around a gym to try to get to six hundred miles in six <laughs> days. It's just crazy. It, I mean, it, it goes against so many things that we preach on the show, too, right? Because there are a lot of different reasons to run, right? You you run to stay in shape or to, to lose weight and all of that's great. The stuff that we talk about, though, is we run to compete. That's what it's all about for us. We run because we want to compete. We love this sport. There's something special about the community of running and we want to step on a line and say, hey, me versus you versus the other guy. Let's make it happen right now. So that is what's so great about this sport. But the ultra marathon community, it's like it's such a weird deviation of that. Like this, this the, I guarantee you there's not like a competitive atmosphere in this track. Right. I'm sure it's a, a community of people just out there just doing their thing and running around and I, I don't even I can't even imagine what like the infield and in just the the community of people looks like on this indoor track but it's not a grinding 
party hard, race hard, work hard <laughs> culture. It's a and like why don't we see? Okay, if this is such an uh, incredible thing, why aren't the greatest athletes in our sport doing it? It's because that's not what this sport was meant for. This sport was meant for step on a line, run these distances that we have already established, and it's just I. I can't wrap my head around it. I cannot wrap my head around it. And it's not it's it you said it at the beginning, Steve, but that sport is not the same sport that the three of us do. It's just not. They're two different worlds. Yeah. Mike, I can give you one glimpse of what the gym looks like because I think this is the lamest thing that was said in the article when the guy was like, indoors is really good for like, you know, being able to sleep when you need to take the rest and stuff. And that's just like uh, just so nerdy and so lame that we're designing like the course around what is going to like allow these runners to to get the most rest and the most sleep in between their 12 hour shifts of 25 minute miles. You know what? I changed my mind. I want to pay attention to this. I want to watch it just so I can see the crazy people and identify people that I need to stay away from people that I need to avoid. <laughs> like we need to get, we need to get like a video live stream on this so I can see this, identify the people, maybe report them to the police. And so I can, I can, avoid <laughs> and you know what, what, go ahead. No, you can finish. Well, I was just going to say, like, if they needed some high quality video, they should call 27 video. Oh, Whether you're married to the game of running or getting married to another runner, let 27 video take care of all your video needs. We can show in 4K the beads of sweat on your calves in a road race or your gorgeous wedding. Choose 27 video. We love weddings and we love runners, too. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So but, good. but yeah. Yeah. So, um I mentioned it. Uh, are we are we off the are we off the topic of ultra marathoning? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could we could go for another <laughs> 20, 30 minutes, but we should probably move on. Unless Trent, do you have a, a final thought? No, I just don't think this should be categorized as ultra marathoning. This is like ultra <laughs> insanity. But I think there's a difference between you know doing a 50 mile uh, a race you know across across the outside wilderness and running through mountains and stuff and running for six days around indoor track. Two different things. I Trent, how, how long do you think you could last? That's true. We should break that down. I could last six days. Okay, I, could. I could. Steve, how yeah, long could, could you last? <laughs> Me? Yeah. I mean, I would get out there on the track and realize I have to be out there for the next six days and I'd walk off the track. I think I would just do like a, a, a quick like sick mile workout and then <laughs> just everyone else is like walking their 30 minute pace and you're just out there like going you know, 5k pace, (laughs) you know, repeat thousands. Uh, Well, anyways, I mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier, but, uh, I, uh, I did do a beer mile this weekend. I was down in DC. I did a, uh, it was a, it was a beer mile put on by, uh, Pacers running. It's a local running store down there. And I did it with, uh, I did it with Matt Gendron. Um, so we went out there. Yeah. It was kind of like an impromptu thing. We didn't know, we knew it was going on. It kind of changed venues and we, um, you know, we didn't know what it was going to be like or if it was even going to be a race. And it ended up being a ton of fun. Um, it was down in DC and they were having trouble. Like they, like they got booted out of the location they had last year, which was over by Nat, um, Washington national stadium. And they had to find a new spot and they found a home in the congressional cemetery. And <laughs> now at first, it was, it seemed like it was going to be the weirdest thing I've ever done. And we get there and I'm like, this is, this is going to be weird. 
But it ended up being awesome because you're in D.C. and like, you know, nobody's bothering you. You have this this carved out space in the middle of the city where it's just kind of like, you know, it's it's your space to, to kind of they had music playing. They had an announcer. They had people chugging beer. They had people puking because, you know, because um, of the, you know, reverse, quote unquote, reversal of fortunes out there on the on the beer mile. Um, but it ended up being awesome. And I talked to the the lady putting it together and I was like, you know, why do you uh, why did you guys end up choose to do it in the cemetery? And she goes, oh, the people around here don't bother us because they're all dead. <laughs> well, being in D.C. for something like that, I'm, I'm a little surprised that you guys didn't get, like, protesters. That seems like the perfect event. Like, you, like, drinking beers, puking and playing music in a cemetery, and you're in D.C., like, the, you know, hub of uh, politics in the world. I'm surprised you guys didn't get, like, a, you know, pitchforks and uh signs and some some torches and stuff like that out there well if you if you had to puke you could find because you're in the congressional cemetery you can find somebody that you really disagree with and you know let them let them know how you feel (laughs) (laughs) but it ended up being great i i didn't um I didn't have my best time out there. I ran right around. Well, I ran right around 6:30. I mean, it was Budweiser's out of a can. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for the can. My stomach was a little off. Um, but so the way they set it up is you could kind of sign up for any heat, and it wasn't about time. It was more of just kind of like time slots. And when the time slot filled up, they filled up the next one. And they had relays and they had individual. And Matt and I, we had signed up for this one heat. It turned out that everybody else in the heat was. Um, was part of a relay. We were the only non-relay <laughs> in the race, and so it actually was kind of nice for me, like because I I I I've been I've been quote unquote training for a for a beer mile. So I was I, I had some people to keep up with because they were on the relay and they were moving a little bit faster. Um, but poor Matt, Matt's you know Matt's a decent athlete and he can drink beer. In any other heat, he would have been right in the mix. But because he was you know with me and with the relays, it was all by himself out there towards the end of the race and uh he's coming in for his last beer and the announcer is giving him a hard time and like you know kind of you know joking around with him the entire crowd's cheering and he's chugging his last beer and halfway through his last beer he just lost it everywhere (laughs) and the entire crowd is like whoa and there were other people out there that puked but like i said you're kind of buried in a crowd and it's just the entire, <laughs> the entire race, every, the entire like spectator field, uh, just watching him, and the announcer's going, oh, don't, don't puke, don't puke, man. And he just pukes all over the place. So he had to do a, uh, he had to do an extra, he had to finish his beer and do an extra lap with everybody cheering him on. Oh no! It was great. It was so much fun. Uh, that's brutal. Yeah. That's um, brutal. Yeah. The, the finishing of the beer after the throw. It's got to be the worst part of, yeah. I don't know, any any running event out there is if you hurl and then have to continue to drink your beer. Uh, what a champ for finishing. Yeah, no, it was a good time. Shout out to the Pacers Beer Mile. Um, you know, maybe we should go down there and do that one next year. So Yeah, we, we should. I still, I, I get you're not bothering the people around there, but I still don't get who the hell, like, said, go for it, you know? You, well, use the cemetery to run it. Like that's, I mean... They, they like want events there. Like it's like a nice, like carved out piece of land. Like they want to do events there, I guess. And I, I, apparently they were super accommodating and they're like, oh yeah, you can do it here. So it makes sense. It's hard to find, it's hard to find places to do beer miles. So if you find a place that has a nice quarter mile stretch and is accommodating you, why not? I mean, 
it's technically, I mean, I, yeah. So it's just it's all shut off from the city. So I don't know. It makes sense. It it it, it, it the it was very weird at, at first, but it wore off quickly. So. <laughs> Yeah, when you're chugging beers, things tend to wear off pretty quickly. <laughs> Four beers later. <laughs> it actually ended up being great. We, we, we were, you know, it all finished up around six, went straight to the bar for some food and maybe another beer. We had, you know, the, the first college football game of the season. It was just, it was a great night. We had a good time. So anyways, this has been a lot of fun. Why don't we, uh, why don't we kick off the bell lap? All right. So for the bell app, I got a little PSA here. Just finished up a uh, fantasy football draft. And my PSA is this. If you have an important message to send out or important news to tell people, how about don't do it through a group message? Group messages, especially when you get like 12 people in it, are the absolute worst because half of it is just people saying utter nonsense and just jokes and people just saying garbage and half the time people silence those especially when they're at work because they don't want their phone with a bunch of stupid stuff all day so what happened in this fantasy football draft is there was a message sent like hey a change was made sony michelle is now a keeper uh nobody draft him had my group on silent because this is a stupid group chat and people say stupid stuff while I'm at work didn't see it I end up drafting Sony Michelle the draft keeps blowing through for another two rounds and people are like laughing and joking and I realized that I screwed up the entire draft because I took somebody's keeper and there's no fixing it now and the whole league is now messed up and there's no fixing it and it was all because I didn't see this very important message that was sent in a group message so don't do that. If you have an important message, send some more personal messages. Find a better way to do it. But group messages are not the way to do it. Mike, I had I think I was a couple picks after you and I was sitting on Sony Michelle. And even as you're saying this right now, I was in the same draft. <laughs> I had I have no idea. No <laughs> That's idea my that point. Going on. <laughs> I, had no, I was I was going to take him. I was like, I really wanted him at that pick in the draft. And I was gonna take him, and you picked him, and I and and I I didn't know that I didn't know he was a keeper, and I didn't even know that there was even a controversy about it, because I I just don't put that to that text chain. I, I got four texts immediately. Like, are you serious, bro? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And yeah, so there no, it is. Glad you took the bullet and not me. <laughs> I was wondering why he was still out there. I thought he was gonna get scooped up earlier than that. So <laughs> he he's like. You had him, you know, projected to go three rounds earlier. Like, How is this guy still on the board? It's the tenth <laughs> round. Uh, Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell Lab? I just got to give a big shout out to all the support I received from uh, other snowboarders after the last podcast <laughs> come out. Um, people were letting me know, you know, to, to that I was right basically that skiers are pretentious and they get all grumpy for no reason, and they just wanted. Uh, uh, they just wanted me to know that I'm not alone out there. Um, snowboarders have no beef with skiers, really. You know, we just all want to get along, but um, skiers like to attack snowboarders for for really no reason whatsoever. And um, and that's really all I have to say. You can get off my mountain. How about that? That's um, a perfect example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh no, I, I there's a ton of aggression there, and you guys can choose to ignore if you want. But uh, I want you off my mountain. Um, 
Uh, for for people on the bell up, just uh, you know, I, I want to ask the the listeners for for some homework because uh, you know I think we we're starting to gain a, a ton of a, a good amount of traction. We're trying to get we're we're starting to get some popularity and we're doing some really good stuff. So um, I just would ask that everybody, if you're not already subscribing, uh, following us on Instagram because that's where we put we have a lot of good content on Instagram. Make sure you're subscribing to us on iTunes. Rate and review will really help us out. Um, but other than that. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie saw a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. you didn't do the u-dub mike oh uh, let's save that for the podcast wait i are they i don't uh, oh i have it by region that's my problem colorado is the one seat okay so you go down to the bottom <laughs> <laughs> sorry dude guys i've been you up could since, also just google i've it. been up just since google. 4 30 all right 4 30 so this morning i am out of it Go to like the bottom of the teams. You'll see the teams at the bottom, the, the yeah. thirty, and then you see like it says USTFCCCA NCAA Division One. All right, then there's a chart below that that says preseason, week one, week two, week three. Go to preseason, and then under not the first column where it says regional rankings, the second it says national coaches poll. Okay, and then there's a link that says men and women. Okay, let me see. Here. So click woman. <laughs> this segment's right. called Explain. Explain <laughs> uh, Alright, I'll just I'll just roll to Buffalo. Yeah, I get... Just read the quick part of bottom so you go. Uh, yeah, Clapping, felt the desert burn.